2, 1. Hello, new to comes if. What's up? Antonio Leal, TNT Weekly, podcast episode number two. Man, this is a lot of work. Um, I just did not realize the, the amount of work putting together a podcast. I really thought it was a lot more straightforward than what it is. You know, it's almost like an art form. So lots more respect out there for the entertainment and production industry. But listen, this is still a lot of fun and I'm enjoying it uh, quite a bit. Check me out on TNTweekly.com. My website is now live and posted and you can find me on podcast directories uh, now on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Sticker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podcast, Castro, and CastBox. Put a search out to me there and you'll pick up my TNT Weekly episodes as they come in. Please subscribe to my show. Check out our social media positions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Wasn't uh, really a big social media guy. I did do the Facebook thing and the LinkedIn thing, mostly surrounding uh, my consulting company and the construction of uh, some properties. But uh, I'm going to jump back on there. So I'll be uh, shouting out once I get two or three episodes into my library, I'll uh, push out the social media and, and hopefully I'll reach out to more listeners out there. Be patient with me. I'm getting there. I'm getting there for sure. So beautiful sunny morning here on Saturday, May long weekend in isolation, in COVID. We have a little bit more flexibility out there from stage one releases of retail openings, etc. So great to be able to walk around in these garden centers and do our stuff, but still strange uh, in this whole COVID situation and tough to get off this topic. Obviously, our lives are changing almost on a on a daily basis with updates and we don't know what the future is going to be like. Difficult to to judge what we're, we're up against in a post-COVID. But again, taking care of ourselves and taking care of those most vulnerable, I, I think is the way to go. It's something that uh, if you look at what we need to do out there once we get out into the stages of, of being open to the public is consolidate and, and come together on taking care of those most vulnerable in our community. And at the same time, being the best that we can be. So, you know, I think physical fitness, nutrition, building up our immune system, learning more about our immune systems, and just being a better person overall, what we need to do to really fight this invisible disease and, and get out there into the public uh, in a comfortable format, you know, something to bring us to some normality into pre-COVID existence we used to have. So get fit, get get your immune system pumped up. Uh, some really great episodes with uh, Joe Rogan's podcast this week. He had uh, Michael Yo on. Check that out. That was two or three days ago. A good friend and comedian of his was on. And Michael Yo, uh, you know, middle-aged, uh, great shape, etc. He contracted COVID-19, uh, almost lost his life. It was really, really close. to You have to listen to a story because he was almost a guinea pig in the hospital. At that point, he got it early on into the stages when COVID was being realized entering our community. And, and our life. Uh, so he's got some great feedback and stories from the medical community and, and help he was getting at that time. Uh, another great podcast this week, Joe Rogan is Dr. Rhonda Patrick was on, uh, mostly focusing on the immune system. Uh, Joe Rogan's a big believer in it. And listen, I'll tell you, I'm not an expert on it, but the more and more I listen to this stuff and, and, and read into it, it makes total, total sense. Okay. Build up your immune system. Be a better person. Be in better shape. The relationship between good nutrition, supplementation, physical fitness will give you the best shot at tackling this virus when you get out in the public uh, format. If you're trying to tell me now 
you know, you envision stage one, two, or three of this release into the public. Listen, you're going to be bumping elbows. You're going to be into a mix of some sort of mass of people at, at some point. We can't live this way, so two meters apart from everyone. Until we get a vaccine, we have to uh, take care of ourselves, make sure that we are as strong as we can be to get out there, okay? And, and I think when we open up as a community and our government should be taking this position, take care of the most vulnerable that are out there. Take care of the seniors. There are people with underlying health uh, issues. These people have to be separated, I think, to a certain extent. Uh, not separated from all social communication, etc. but at, at least moving out into the new post-COVID, those that are most vulnerable have to be the most careful. And I think the rest of society can go on and function as best as they can. But functioning as best as you can when you're being the best you can is a lot different than just functioning. All right. Change your lifestyle. Build up your immune system. Be the best that you can be. And uh, you'll have the best shot at challenging this virus and getting out in public. I don't see it any other way. So as stage one and stage two begin to open up from our governments and, and you're looking out, I, I still can't wrap my head around this. It's it's not going to fall back into place. Our, our businesses, you know, here in New Tech, I don't know. I, I, I How are they going to come together, attract customers into their establishments. It's going to be really, really tough. They're going to have to be innovative and evolve, and, and God bless them. I'm with them on every way they, they can survive out there, curbside pickup, etc. But listen, let's let's just face reality here. Getting back to normal. Okay, uh, your favorite restaurant in town opens up. So many great restaurants, family restaurants. Let's just take uh, that or here. Your favorite restaurant in town. They're open. They're obviously going to have social distancing in play. It's not the same. It's not going to be the same atmosphere. You know, what I think has to happen as we get out there and hopefully the governments will pick this up. You see information that um, vaccines are coming, etc. But I, I think where the big ticket is, is testing. Testing has to happen. We have to get a method of testing as simple as a pregnancy test. That method of testing has to be tracked. I, I don't like the big brother look. Uh, I don't like the thought of being tracked through an app or a cell phone or GPS. It's almost happening through social media networks anyway. The powerhouses out there. But, you know, what I'd like to see out there, and this is the way I think that we can get through this till a vaccine clears us out, but tracking the positives and the negatives of the population and something as simple as a pregnancy test, a COVID test where an immediate result could be triggered. You're either positive or you're not, or you're negative. This testing will define, you know, where you're going to go and take a business, for example. If you were a business, you know, you're seating for 75 or 100. You need the 75 or 100 and turning that over to make a business out of it. You know, as a business owner, you should have a screening process right at the door. Advertise and saying that you are completely COVID-free, your staff, everybody, and that you have regular testing of everyone that comes either in or out of your establishment. Uh, more specific to staff, how you handle uh, inventory coming in and out, and that your environment is completely your your environment is completely negative. And then, as a customer, if I have some sort of uh, analysis or or code or certificate or testing that shows that I am also negative, then I can be comfortable as I as I can be to enter an environment of socializing and having a dinner with family, having a dinner with friends uh, in an environment where it's COVID free. That's the only way that I see this thing getting back to normal in some fashion. Uh, yeah, it separates the strong and the and the weak, if you want to uh, define it in that way. But it is reality. It is what's out there. I, I, 
think that's the only way we can get our businesses turning around. So hopefully the testing procedures will turn around immediately. And that's what I see uh, happening. Check out uh, Dana White UFC, UFC 249 last week. What a leader, what a president. This guy is is just pushing forward. And, and he pushed forward, obviously, within the COVID situation, but, you know, had a, uh, had a huge card of fighters and um, held the function in Jacksonville, Florida, in an empty arena. But, you know, how we put it together was, was a diligent and extreme testing situation of everybody coming in, everybody, promoters, trainers, media, whoever was allowed in to the event was tested over and over and over. Joe Rogan is a promoter for UFC. He explained it a bit. Everybody was tested, even the environment uh, in the hotel that they had built. The hotel people, um, you know, that it was a negative establishment with their testing procedures. They went out, rented a floor and just you know, all traffic was controlled. Everybody was controlled in the testing aspect to ensure that the environment was all negative. And from my understanding, even a fighter or two or don't know if it was a trainer, but they tested positive. You know, they weren't involved in the event. So take that analogy and bring that to a business uh, in our community. Bring that to Boston Pizza, Montana's, anywhere. Once we get that sort of testing, uh, available testing in play, and obviously followed by testing of the customer base that enters, you can put together a safe environment and fuel business as it used to be. That's the only way I see this thing happening. So get out there um, as an individual and be the best that you can uh, through physical fitness, nutrition, uh, supplementation, and get yourself uh, prepared to enter the post-COVID era. You know, hopefully we'll get some testing out there. That's where I think we have to lobby as hard as we can to get our testing procedures in place so we can protect uh, our most vulnerable and, you know, bring life back to a pre-COVID time. Check out uh, that podcast with Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast this week. Just some incredible information about uh, the immune system, the deficiencies uh, that are most vulnerable in, in, in us out there lacking of uh, vitamin D and C and E and the relationship between being topped up in these vitamin areas and how it strengthens your immune system that it protects you against this COVID run. And you'll hear this on that podcast that, you know, low levels of vitamin D, etc., uh, make you very vulnerable to the COVID virus. That uh, supplementation in this area is so beneficial. So get stronger. If you have the opportunity to get stronger out there, just go out and get stronger. It's, uh, it's an easy thing to do. All right. So let's shout out to New Tech and let's get stronger as a community out there, right? It'd be pretty cool if we could isolate New Tech and, and just be like COVID free. Everybody's healthy. Our seniors are, are in their home protected and there's a testing. I, I mean, you know, think about it. Open open your minds and think about it in that fashion. So I, I think we can attain that. And that's what has to happen. You know, we have to we have to look at this like the way I look at this in the testing aspect is HIV, the HIV era or HIV today, right? You're infected with HIV. You go out to a bar, you're in search of a partner, you meet someone and you hook up. If you know you're HIV positive and you know that you can infect your partner, your obligation is to inform your partner of your status of this disease, right? That they could be infected. If you don't and you give it to your partner, there's an issue here, right? I think there's a legal issue. You're going to get into problems. So I, I think if we can create that sort of environment with COVID, COVID positive, COVID negative through simplified testing, I think we can control future outbreaks and protect our, our most vulnerable and at the same time go out and socialize like we used to do. 
Okay, shout out to our frontliners out here in New Tech. You know, the more and more um, I have this opportunity with a podcast to reach out to listeners out there, I, I think about, you know, why I'm doing this and why I'm here. Listen, our, our frontliners have just been, you know, heroes. Our supply chain, our delivery people, grocery people, pharmacists, our pharmacies, our convenience stores, our gas stations, police officers, our, our firemen, our paramedics, our doctors, our hospitals, our nurses, our PSWs and staff. Thank you for everything that you're doing to make our lives as best as possible during this situation. So, you know, sometimes you wake up and you take these things for granted, but you guys are heroes out there keeping us going. And at the same time, probably going through a big amount of stress, not only for those of you, uh, you know, running your businesses, but those of you that have to go back home to your families and the safety uh, issues of not wanting to spread this to your family while you go out and take care of others. So thank you very much. I want to have a future show on this. I've, I've ordered a, a nice digital recorder that I want to bring in and uh, use that on the road. So I'll be interviewing a lot of you out there. That's what I'd like to do and give you an opportunity and give you a voice and shout out to you uh, frontliners. Thank you for everything you're doing. Shout out to our, our, our moms out there. Uh, love my mom immensely. You know, our moms during this time, working careers, managing the household, taking care of kids in school, their schooling, etc. I, I mean, I, I just can't fathom what, you know, our moms are going through. You know, I know here at, uh, at home here trying to get uh, my son motivated into schoolwork is really, really difficult. Get him off the Xbox is one thing. Getting him into an online structure for school and continuing his school has been really, really difficult. For sure, I understand his stress from time to time on, you know, not going out uh, like he was used to and playing with friends, but his world is surrounded around this Xbox and, and that Xbox community and, and keeping in touch with friends and family. So, you know, Lisa has to keep him in check and get him up to date with his schooling on a regular basis every morning. So, you know, I know that that's very, very difficult and, and she's doing an amazing job. Uh, reminds me of a, just a cute story with my mom and, and Lisa's mom, you know, amazing, amazing women and um, widowed. Uh, my dad's passed away uh, some years back and, and Lisa's dad passed away this past year. So our mothers are at home on their own and supported by our circles and you know, just in thinking of, of uh, our son, his infancy, you know, and grandmas and granddads were pretty important. But in relation to our mom specifically, it, it's uh, I always chuckle on, on how different our families are. Uh, Lisa's background, you know, coming from England and my background being Spanish, totally different uh, extremes and passion in raising kids. You know, uh, I get a chuckle out of thinking of Thinking back in those old days when we were living in Ottawa, Diego, at, uh, in his early years, and, you know, our, our moms were an important part of our, our kids' upbringing, you know, and uh, you know, specifically in, in my family. But after meeting Lisa, it was just exactly the same thing, the back and forth and staying with them. But they had, they had certain ways. They had different ways, you know. You know, Diego, after staying a day or a night or something over at uh, Lisa's parents, you know, I'd hear the stories and I, I'd be over there picking up uh, Diego or whatever the circumstances would be. But what always comes to thought is, is my mom-in-law's, you know, just a cute English accent voice with Diego, right? Uh, you know, Diego would be playing with his toys and, and he'd have his bowl of soup by him, you know, something that he loved his Thomas the Train toys. So Lisa's mom would be saying, oh, Diego, please come over here. Look at this train and let's read a book and have your soup before it's cooked. And uh, bring me a chuckle because leaving Diego at my mom's place was a totally different decibel level of care, right? So my mom would be like, you know, Diego would be there with his toys and bowl of soup and everything. And my mom would say, cabron, ven aquí. 
Coma la sopa, todo, cómalo todo. Ma, te voy a dar una bofetada, coma la sopa. And um, that just makes me laugh. So from one extreme to another. And that's our boy today who's had both levels of uh, passion, Spanish passion coming at him and uh, that English passion coming at him. And uh, it stays the same here in this household. So Lisa's very patient with Diego and uh, very calm. And then if I step into the picture, well, my mom comes out, right? So really, really, uh, really, really makes me chuckle when I think about it. So speaking of moms, I want to end the show with a news article um, that just came into play this week, posted May 8th, uh, 2020, with uh, CBC point of view. It brought up a good old friend of mine, uh, Robin Plum, in Ottawa. I had love, have a lot of great memories with Robin. Her two children, she's a single mom right now, her son Carson and her daughter Morgan. Her son Carson is a special needs child. And, you know, Robin is a top director in the government. Remember, Robin, very dedicated to her job and her career. So this is some of the challenges that maybe are going unnoticed out there. So if I can bring this forth, anyone here in New Tech, you know, we understand your challenges, those taking care of a needed special needs child or, or maybe even your mom or your dad. But I want to read this story to you about Robin and the decision she made in her career to handle the certain uh, situations she's put up against right now with this COVID and taking care of her daughter and her special needs son. And I'll start the article here, uh, right at the top, okay? I used to pride myself on being able to balance a successful career as a director in the public service and an active family life that includes a teenager who has a developmental disability, is nonverbal, and has severe challenges. With support from family and friends, I created a village where my son is loved, celebrated, and where my 16-year-old daughter, a superstar student and competitive athlete, is able to just be a big sister, not a caregiver like some families are forced to do given a lack of supports for special needs. This all came crashing down on March 23rd when all schools and community supports and services were shuttered and Canadians were told to stay home. My village vanished overnight. My son attends a special class at Bridgemont High School and has the support of a wonderful team, including occasional one-on-one -on -one support given his needs and behavioral challenges. I spent years advocating for his rights and he finally found a school where he could be successful. With the closure of schools, my son instantly lost critical social interaction and learning opportunities. All his community-based activities such as therapeutic riding and hockey ceased. Recreation facilities and respite services are closed and friends and family are all self-isolating. I realized everyone is impacted by the pandemic measures, but for my son and other kids with special needs, predictability is critical, and the change in routine leads to vulnerability. My son does not understand closed until further notice and gets really agitated by always being at home. This usually manifests itself into aggression and property destruction. I'm usually the target of his hitting, kicking, and sometimes fighting. And now that he has a big as me, it can really hurt. He also will hit walls and furniture and throw things. He cannot be out in the community as physical distancing is completely foreign concept to him. And personal hygiene is a challenge at the best of times. The upshot of this is that my son's world suddenly came very small with him placing all his focus on me. Not only to be a mom, but also a teacher, caregiver, and a playmate. Meantime, I also had to continue to work and manage a team of professionals in this surreal work-from-home environment. For four weeks, I worked my job while supporting my son in his online learning and daily living, and I did my best to help my daughter not stress out about grades and schoolwork. Through all this, I completely forgot about myself. I didn't notice I was walking a tightrope with my balance increasingly teetering over the edge. 
Finally, I was forced to have what was the most difficult conversation of my career, where I admitted I couldn't do it all. Something had to give, and that something was work. I felt like I was admitting defeat, letting down my team and losing a big part of my identity. I am fortunate to have an employer that talks the talk when it comes to mental health and valuing the well-being of myself and my family during this extraordinary time. Within two days, my boss mobilized a plan for me to step away from my work responsibilities, and for that, I'm eternally thankful. Mine is a story of self-awareness and thankfulness. These are extraordinary times that will test the most resilient people. I am strong, but can only do so much. And if I do not take care of myself, my loved ones will suffer. This is not my failure, but self-care. Unlike so many others hit by this pandemic, I do not have to quit my job to care for my son. I do not need to worry about how I will pay the bills. I continue to be paid. I am fortunate to have sick leave benefits and can take short-term leave with a note from my doctor. Together with my employer, we will determine what return to work looks like and when it will happen. Caring for a special needs child is challenging at the best of times. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that we will be stronger and I hope more empathetic to others. Shout out to Robin. That's a super mom for you. All right, until the next episode. Ciao.